All right. Well, how about this location for the deadline edition of Rinky Dinking? Dateline Las Vegas. We are on the Grand Patio at the Bellagio Resort Spa. It's chilly. It's spectacular. You can see Paris from here, at least the Eiffel Tower. And uh, we got a lot to talk about here, Mike Heike, senior writer for DallasStars.com. This is how the beautiful people live, isn't it, Daryl? I don't know. I've never stayed here before. <laughs> Vegas is not Vegas is not my thing, which we'll revisit again <laughs> after we talk about everything that has gone on with NHL trade deadline 2019. So before we get to the stars, let's try to talk winners and losers. And I'm hoping that you're all over this because you are the senior writer for DallasStars.com. Biggest winners? This is an interesting one because you could, I'm swayed to say Columbus just because they upset the apple cart so much it needed to be upset and they had some good players. But I'm going to go right here in my hometown of Las Vegas. Really? Yeah, I think Mark Stone is that good. And I think this team needs it right now. They're kind of petering out after last season. They had an, uh, a poor start, a nice surge. Then they went back down. I think they need a nice surge again. Uh, I, I put Vegas on my winner side, too, just because Stone was the biggest yeah. uh, prize out there at this deadline, I think. I mean, there, there were some other, pieces, yeah, but some good ones. I think he was the best one. The Sharks? Sharks are really good, and they're, they're creeping up there, and they, they add little bits here and there. I mean, and they're again, so deep if they're, up front. Yeah, and their health, top 4D. their health has to hold up. Yeah. Because if Carlson's in and out and in and out, and we don't really know what Your his issue is. The goaltending has to hold up, too. Well, Boy, that's, they, that's another iffy. You know, it's funny because we talk about, okay, what if the Stars finished as a team that plays a, the best team in the Pacific? I mean, if you look at Calgary, they're great. Goaltending? Eh. Yeah. If you look at San Jose, they're great. Look at us. Goaltending? We're doing full eh. uh, multimedia. I agree. Uh, predators? They did what they needed to do. Um, I, I worry that Wayne Simmons is just Brian Boyle again. And how many can you have? Um, I don't know. They're a weird team. I really thought last year they were on their way to becoming a five, six-year phenomenon. And the maybe, Jets? Eh, and it's good. That was a good ad. They yeah. needed it. And they needed a uh, – you know what's funny? Because we can go all back to the stars and say, I don't know what that meant. But for two periods, it was a heck of a jump start. And so now we're going to see, do the Jets get a jump start? Do the, the uh, Golden Knights get a jump start? Do the uh, Predators get a jump start? And these teams may very well get that. Anybody else on the winner's bracket? Sometimes you have to look at it from the lesser lights. Yeah. You know, what did they get in the packages? But I don't know how to do I that. I think Ottawa did you a good job. That defenseman you is think really so, good. But, I mean, you're going you on what people's perception of this and how good they're going to be at the draft table and all this other stuff. <laughs> well, let's, let's one, one of the wags I talked to today said, because uh, when they talked about the defenseman that Vegas gave up, they said, could be the next Eric Carlson. He goes, didn't they say that about Julius Honka? Because that's what a prospect is. Yeah. He could be the next whoever. Yeah. I know. Uh, losers? It's hard to say. I mean, uh, until Matt Zuccarello was. I know. I, I, I was, mean, it's just like. It's I thought such the bad same luck. thing. I was like, it's nobody's fault. No. But it's almost as if 
we ended up being the losers of this thing because it only lasted for a couple of periods. And we'll I like, see. I like Ben Lovejoy. We'll but see. Their biggest, we'll see. They have not addressed their biggest problem. We'll see. So we'll see. The central teams, Winnipeg and Nashville, plus Columbus yeah. and Vegas, seem to almost deal out of panic at the deadline, which you don't, you don't usually see. Really good general managers right. and teams deal from a panic, but – the Jets got hammered 7-1 by Colorado. Yep. And they're 4-6 and six in their last 10 road games. The Predators got smoked 5-0 by Colorado, who should scare the Dickens out of all right. Stars fans right now, I think. And the, the Predators are 4-5-1 and one at home the last 10. Worse prior to that, we've, we've seen it, yep. uh, as the Stars have, have drifted or uh, drilled them a couple of times. Columbus... They've won, what, zero series in franchise history? Yes. They're at a point where it's it's like shove all the chips in, and that's apparently what they've done this that's year. That's why I like the strategy. Yeah, I, mean, I do, too. They didn't go halfway. No. They said, look, here's our plan, and we're going to go in. But it's interesting, don't you think, how you can do this nowadays where you don't, you're not really blowing up the team right. that exists. You can add to it by just mortgaging your, your future at a certain time. Right. And because of free agency and all that, if this doesn't work, they, they just sweep every, everything off the deck and start over again. I, I, this it's is, Reservoir Dogs well, is what and, and it is. I get that. This is, it's Mr. This White, is Mr. Silly, Mr. Orange. But I think Vegas taught them that if yes. you just got to go no, you're, you're probably pick up right. eight players yep. this summer – you can do it. And they're all good. Eight good players who will help your team be a good team. Isn't Vegas an interesting thing? Like <laughs> Vegas for is a, a very interesting for a thing. expansion franchise <laughs> that, I mean, you just, it's dumbfounding to even talk about them that, this yes. way. But you're like, okay, it's their second year uh, in, the, in the National Hockey League. And you're like, well, obviously, they, they don't want this thing to fall off from being a Stanley Cup final team <laughs> know, last year. Right. So they go out and get the best, free, uh, the best player available at the trade deadline. Like, you're just sitting there going, this is their second year right. in the league. Like, in past, expansion teams would be sitting around going, you know what? Not our year. Right. That was fun last year. We've got a decade to try to get this thing straight. They'd around. be selling whatever veteran they have so they can acquire more draft picks. But don't you think that they get it? Yes. The idea that you're a non-traditional market, and if you if you want to have roots grow, you can build arenas, you can do all these things that all the other southern markets have done, but the successful ones have had an arena downtown and they've won. Yep. And won pretty quickly after they arrived in whatever, whether it was through expansion or relocation or whatever. And I think they also there's also that belief thing. If you have belief, you might as well keep it. Like, well, I mean, yeah, and don't, don't let doubt creep in here at all. Let's keep this I going. It, I find it very interesting this year that instead of looking at this and just saying, you know, maybe that was a bit of a flash in a pan last year. Yep. Let's, let's not do anything silly here. Let's just, let, let's just stay the course and move forward. I mean, they're 3-6-1 and one in their last 10 games. Yep. They're sixth in the West. They got hammered by the Jets the other night. They're 2-7-1 and one in their last 10 at home. Yep. At which home, is, right? Which is which where they is used to, dominate. to be this massive advantage. Uh, advantage for them, and it certainly has been in past. But they're not looking at it that way. 
back to my point though about dealing from from a sort of panic situation doesn't it smell like that with all these teams yeah but i will say in my opinion one of the reasons why is because it really does seem realistic that you could beat almost anybody yeah. i mean tampa bay is tampa bay i think san jose but that's why i think some teams just yeah. didn't add anything or yeah. very little with the idea of well, why would we do anything right we can we can our team's good enough to beat any of these other like teams. the two teams that ended up in the stanley cup final last year what did they do Washington added, like, Kempney. Yeah. That was it, wasn't it? Vegas added <laughs> Stone. <laughs> what, last year? Yeah. In the Stanley Cup Finals? Ryan Reeves. Huh? Oh, you're saying before they got there, yes. Okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about right now. No, that's no, no. this year. Yeah, okay, I'm talking my, about my last bad. year. Yes. So, yes. Stay th- with this. I am. My I'm, God. I'm way you behind. Have you been in my, the casino today? There's just so many, uh, so many things flying all When around. you look at, at what was added by, by Nashville and, and Winnipeg, we won't go through all the names and that, but – the plan is to kill each other, apparently, if they, <laughs> if they meet yes. in, in the playoffs. They would like to murder each other. Yeah. With, I mean, Boyle and Simmons on, on their side. They bring, in, uh, they, they bring in the big bulky bomber of uh, uh, D-man on, on Winnipeg's side. They're going to get uh, Dustin Bufflin back yep. and in the fold again. I mean, they're going to try to kill one another. Which is great. It's great fun. This I, is, this is uh, Colorado, Detroit, and uh, Dallas. We'll see how this, this, this will be a very interesting experiment because I remember back when the Kings were coming off being, you know, the Kings, and then Anaheim decided, well, we need to build a team that can beat the Kings, and then they never faced one another, right. and then Anaheim realized, well, we don't have the team to beat Nashville. Like, it's almost like a friggin' guessing game. The Stars. Yes. So, Lovejoy, Zuccarello, Cogliano, sorta, you'd include yes. in there. Uh, plus, you know, if you did, I was thinking this the other day, they they added Alexiak and Fadoon on the fly since November. Uh, they gave up Devin Shore, Connor Carrick, and five draft picks in order to get Lovejoy, Zuccarello, Cogliano, Alexiak, and Fadoon. There was only one in-season trade last year. Isn't that amazing? That was Alexiak for a fourth. That was it. Yep. I mean, there was, and that trade was was outgoing there was no ad there was no uh ad or or addition or uh help that was imported last year this year there there is and man for a few hours it looked grand didn't it oh my gosh he looked like the exact perfect player which is so hard to get it's funny i mean if we're going to go back into our old memories of everything willie mitchell people have to understand there's a helicopter going over right now but it is it is rinky-dinking, and we are exposed to the public here on the grand patio. There are, to- so you have there are to tours expect that. that have to be uh, It's given. like Madonna's wedding or something. <laughs> anyway, your point? Uh, Willie Mitchell, in my opinion, was one of Doug Armstrong's best acquisitions. But it didn't work out, and then he left. And it's, you, know, you hate to say that, and I, and I don't know what's going to happen with Matt Zuccarello, but it's just so heartbreaking when you do everything right and the hockey gods conspire against you. Poor Jim Nella, you know, both times he, he's grabbed a guy. He hasn't done it a lot. I don't think no. he's a, a general manager that believes in a lot of that. You sort of, I don't know, I haven't talked to him about it, right. but just you you watch for six years, you start to get a, a sense. Uh, you know, when they added Chris Russell, and then he got hurt yeah. right away, and he really didn't have much impact come playoff yeah. time when you thought that was a nice piece to have a, yeah, I like a veteran defenseman come in there like that. I still think he's actually a good player. So, uh, speaking of trades with the Stars, uh, Holy Puckaganda. 
sent in something. Holy puckaganda sent something in today. Is there some music or something? Well, there will be. We'll get to that. But before we leave the Zuccarello thing, we need to talk about the Zuccarello thing. Okay. And that's next. I love Vegas. Why, why do I love Vegas? Because my money's here. My favorite Norwegian player of all time, and I got to watch exactly two periods of him in a Dallas Stars uniform in Chicago. It was, it was the most delightful and the saddest just an absolute kick square in the berries to watch what unfolded yeah. in that game. So it, much of what they need. Oh, my God. Like tenacity and skill and passion and experience and, and probably driven, yep. right, as he arrives. I mean, he flew at 4 o'clock in the morning to get in there, and he played like that. Now, yep. a lot of it would have been on adrenaline, but he plays like that whether he's had a week of sleep or, uh, you know, a few winks. Yeah. It sprained hearts all over New York that he had to leave, yep. including his good buddy, the king, in net with that departure. The deal was so low risk for the Stars yep. and so great at the same time. You know, you don't do well, fine. It costs you uh, very little, third, a couple yeah. of picks in separate drafts, second and a, and a third. If you do do well, it costs you a couple firsts, and you're thrilled. Yes. Because he's decided that – he likes it, and he's going to sign with you. Right. And you're in you the Western won- Conference Finals. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's that's like, worth two first-round picks to me right there. Oh, my God. <laughs> so in a matter of, what, an hour and 45 minutes, the pressure went from being heaped on the coaches with, uh, okay, here's, here's your team now. It's right. on you guys to get us in, and rookie head coach Jim Montgomery, to – goaltending almost just in the blink of an eye yeah not the goaltending hasn't had to keep them in the mix this year anyway but it certainly will going forward now especially if Jamie Ben is out for any extended period of yeah. time along along with the loss of Zuccarello who's gone for at least four weeks with a broken arm I'll make the argument and it's a it's a hollow argument but I still believe it that this also puts the pressure on Spezza and Cogliano well, yeah. and Como, and they can do more. Gosh, they can do more. Well, we'll talk so about go that do in, more. We'll talk about that in, uh, in the Stars Get In If yeah. segment of this thing. Uh, the, the Jamie thing was troubling because it, it didn't seem like there was much in yeah. there, but uh, he's all, already been all but ruled out for tomorrow night. Right. And every game is, you know, there's 20 of them left. Jim Montgomery said, and, I, you know, you hate, they don't want to give away too much stuff, but basically said that he had a back issue after the game. I think flying on the plane is never a good thing for a back issue. He wanted to try to play. He got in there and said, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. So, and, and on a good side, you know, well, maybe that can get fixed in, in one game. So, does, we'll put the Zuccarello thing to bed for a bit here. If the Stars don't do well here over the next little while, while he's on the mend, right? Do you think he just looks at it and says, "Man, that's karma," and and uh, this, it's like, "Hey, it didn't work." And yep. Way we mean, go. If I or were, if okay, go ahead. I was does it go? I, I mean, does it go the other way? And there's still going to be. Let, let's say it's four weeks. Okay. They're going to get Pitlick back when he was an eight week. Yeah, does about he make, the end of the season. 
Okay, so let's let's say they both sliver in there with what? Four games to go? Yep. Five games to go? It might be enough. Well, and again, go win games. Yeah, without them, I know. I and know, and, and I know. it's hard. The, it's hard. It's really frustrating, isn't it, just talking about all this because there's so many other things that could have been happening, and now you just have to deal with the reality of they're not going to happen, not for right now. Not, yeah, right. Pause. Right. Pause on that. Uh, so let's look on the brighter side of things. They can get in if I've got three things. A, if others crater in this race, like what happened in, was it 2014? Yeah. When you could back your way in. Or what happened with the Minnesota Wild when they got in and faced the Stars uh, in 2016? Yeah. And I mean, I think they had 87 points, right? Yeah. That year. Right now, 87 points is eighth place in the Western Conference this year. That's the pace. Yep. So that's doable. But you're going to have to have some of these teams – you know, the Stars are 31, 26, and 5. That's 67 points. They're in seventh. They're one up on Minnesota, who are in eighth. They're two up on Colorado, who added Broussard. Did you like that? I did. Uh, they are four points up on Arizona, who just are like a bad rash that won't go away. They, they should go... They're, they're uh, people right. should know when they're conquered, <laughs> they're, I always say with Arizona. They're riding the Shane Doan wave. It's unstoppable. They're, it's like a tsunami. They're four <laughs> points back. They have good young talent. They're three points out of a playoff spot. And they've been dealing with all these injuries. I mean. What if they get healthy? Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, and then they're six points up on Chicago, who just got Corey Crawford back. Right. And they can score. The question is, can Corey Crawford come in and play like he usually he, does for yeah. them? And that'll be enough. Believe me. Yeah. They get phenomenal goaltending with that club that can manufacture goals like this. So the Stars play Colorado twice, rather large games, I would yes. think. They play Chicago twice, which could be massive. And they play Minnesota in game 82, just like they did in 2011, <laughs> and had to win it. Will but be, this time, it, this time it's at home. The shootouts this time it's at home. <laughs> so uh, back to the, the Stars can get in if... Okay, if others crater, which you never want to go no. with that one, take care of your own business. You don't want to sit around and go, oh, I hope they suck. I hope yeah. they suck. Both goalies now have to be game stealers. They have to purloin. They have to shine game in and game out. And the attitude, they're going to have to really embrace the fact that they are who they are after 62 games. Yep. And we're gonna, if we get three goals, it's got to be enough to win. If we score two, yep. it probably has to be enough to win. I think that those are all good things. I got one I, more. Okay, go ahead. Slumpers refined their scoring touch. And you're asking a lot, I think, with 20 games to go, that guys all of a sudden just have an offensive epiphany. Right. But they're going to need it. They, whether it's Yanmark or Dickinson, Jason Spezza scored the game winner. It was his first game-winning goal of the season yep. in Chicago. And two goals in three or four games. Now. Yep. Brett Ritchie, John Klingberg, uh, even, you know, Rope hints. He's going to get opportunities right. skating like that. Gary Onoff got recalled. Another guy that, I mean, that's why you drafted him. Right. He, has, he has to be an offensive player. You didn't draft him to check people into submission. So you need it now. Yeah, their young players should be contributors. Yeah. And they're, you know. Yeah, I agree. There's I mean, a it, chance they have five young players in the lineup every players, night. Young players, goalies, and 
a team or two just, uh, you know, that was a nice run. We scared some people. Yeah. 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 Maybe they give up even. Uh, the goalie thing to me is the most important because I think when they have them both, they feed off each other. I really do believe that. That when Ben is down, whoever the backup goalie is, Anton's not as good. And, and I mean, we can watch some of these games and say, hey, he's been great. So that really doesn't hold water. But I do believe there's a, there's a chemistry, a symmetry, whatever it is, that Anton gets his start, gets a day off, Ben comes in for two, and they just they play off each other. And I really do believe they have a chance to be top two or three goaltending combo in the league. And if oh, they you have, have to the, be. I mean, they are you, right now. Right now. So and if they, they have can, to be going forward. If they can do that for the final 20 games. What's going to be interesting to me is how, how they get deployed. Yes. Like, are, are you going to try to get Ben Bishop to be your pack mule? and run with him for most of the games? Or do you platoon them and just turn it into an outright competition? And it's like, if you're both going and playing well, uh, we're just going to rotate you? I I think the latter, because of one, Ben Bishop's injury history, and two, I do think they kind of have a nice competition going there. I I think Ben wants to be the number one goalie, and when he's not in, he's a little bit anxious. And so, you know, you keep him hungry. Well... I've seen that go many, I know. Well, many different ways. <laughs> we, we can talk on strategy all the time. But if you, if, if you have two guys that you're sure-fired, confident, can win the game for yeah. you, and unfortunately for this group, just because they have been so light scoring, it's not just play well. Like no. It's win the game well, like for you. It's like Hudobin yesterday. Yes. I mean, that was just – They have to like stop when you giving start, up when 45 you start, shots, though. When you start breaking that down, you're just like – like I was looking at the highlights going, like he had like eight yeah. – you know, and even the you ten know, bell saves. Even one of those shouldn't have counted. Right. It shouldn't count. By the rules, it shouldn't. I I get it. I don't get it. Go ahead. It's a podcast. You can lay into it. I want to hear your opinion. It was, it was. Uh, uh, what's the word you always? Look? It was uh, uh, the legal term that was jur- jurisdicted. Whatever you want to say. I'm adjudicated. I'm adjudicated. It was adjudicated incorrectly. I agree 100% with you, but that puck was over the line. Now, again. Okay, here's, here's the issue I have with all of it. Okay. Okay? The guy on the ice, I thought the referee did the right thing. Yep. Don't make a call. Now, they, they're urged to make a call, but <clears throat> he didn't make a call. Then he did make the call, and it was no goal, which with the naked eye, I would be okay yeah. with. It looked like he just Looks made like he saved a uh, larcenous uh, goal line snag. So then it goes to video review, and you can assume that that puck was completely over the line, but you could never prove it no, visually. it was in the glove. So I don't know how you if, – if Anton's entire glove, entire glove, was over the line and you could see his entire glove over the line right. and the puck was obviously in his glove, I have no problem with it. Right. That wasn't the case. No. It was in the webbing. You have no proof on how that was sitting in the webbing. And as we know, the rule in the NHL is that if any portion, I mean, a minuscule whisker We've seen it. of that vulcanized rubber is touching the red uh, goal line, it's no goal. Right. So how do you just assume, I, well, you know what? I assume it was in. You're going to have other plays like that 
where they don't have a clear view of it, and you can say, well, I assume that one was it. Are they just going to count it? Sure. You can't count that. They can do anything they want, Darryl. You can't count that. They have video. I thought it was complete hogwash and absolute malarkey. Wow, balderdash even? It was close to balderdash. It really was. If I was a Dallas Stars fan and that happened against me, and I understand that you know, you have to follow the rules and adjudicate properly. Mm. Uh, I would have been pretty ticked off. Oh, could you imagine <laughs> if that if there was a little more on the line than just yeah. winning game 62? Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that what's so wonderful about sports? Like you what? can't make you got the, to hear Chelsea Dagger? Well, besides three that. times instead of two? Uh, you can't make that stuff up. Like the fact that that puck was where it was at that time that you have to play the games to get those moments and then when you get those moments you're like, "Whoa." Well, I said other the, things. I didn't wasn't say that whoa. That greatest play you've ever seen. A lot of them seen? started with F's and S's. <laughs> <laughs> it was entertaining hockey. Aren't yeah, we it here was. for the entertainment? It was, it was a great day. It was a great day of, <laughs> of hockey at the old UC. Because it it's just at your on. Heartstrings. Huh? It tugged at your heartstrings, well, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. You know what? The, here's, here's one for you the term pulling out all the stops. Do you know what the genesis of that is? No, train? Well, I'm, you should be able to figure this out. I just talked about the UC. So there's got to be some correlation. Airplane? Pulling out all the stops is actually a reference to a pipe organ. Oh. And Frank Pellico, who tickles the ivory at the UC to pump up the locals and the fandom, who got it going. But... At the same time, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty presumptuous, jaded little fan group there now. They are. Right. I, I like it. I, I like success. Oh, and God. we saw it when We're it stunk. We better move on. If you're going to say you like the Chicago Blackhawks I fandom, I'm I like the I'm Chicago Blackhawks arena experience. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll talk about something in the clear blue skies of the Bellagio. Taking some chips home after this. All right, all hands on deck on this road trip because it was deadline, and this is the deadline edition of Rinky Dinking. You only get one of those a year. Even the great Tom Holy wow. made the trip. Actually, there were two members of the Stars' award-winning PR department on this trip. That's how big that game was in Chicago yesterday and tomorrow night here in, in Vegas. And then on to uh, the Los Angeles Kings, finishing up with the St. Louis Blues. It's a good trip. Who did nothing at the deadline. Hmm. Remember last year when L.A. got Finuff? How'd that work out? <laughs> God. We can go back. It can, I know. Yeah, we I can know. go back and see all the ones that didn't work. Before out. we get into holy puckaganda, the the thing I was thinking about when they got Zuccarello was the was it the twenty which, which team it was been the first uh, Stanley Cup team in L.A. So okay. was that twenty twelve something like that twenty twelve and twenty fourteen I think twenty twelve. Remember they they couldn't score to save their lives. Right now they made a coaching change and all that, but they also. They knew they were a decent enough defensive team. They just could not score. So they pushed their chips in, went and got some offense, 
and a frightening team come come playoff yeah. time because of that because they could they could make sure that that uh, a couple of goals would win it and they had a couple of more guys who could score that goal when it mattered makes the most. your power play a whole lot yeah. more effective and I was so when I saw that I was like man I would not want to play a fairly confident uh, Matt Zuccarello uh, added to Dallas Stars come playoff time if I was one of these big hogs in the Western Conference. Well, that's why I think so many teams add it. Yeah, I know. Because, I mean, you know, I really do. Like, head-to-head against Nashville, bring it on. Anyway, go ahead. Holy Puck Aganda, uh, he did some, some pretty remarkable uh, reconnaissance uh, on this. Trades by Dallas Stars GMs. I don't know whether this is interesting or not. I found it fairly interesting. Just the volume of trades. Yeah. But this isn't deadline. This is their, their tenure. So if you go through uh, the GMs, Jim Nill has made 32 trades in six seasons. Uh, Joe Neuendijk made 22 in four seasons. Les Jackson, Brett Hall assisting, 12 deals in two years. Okay. Rather significant yeah. one that paid off the last time this team was in a conference final. Doug Armstrong, uh, I forgot he was only a GM for four years. I know. <laughs> 40 oh deals my. in four years. Yikes. Yeah. And he continues to do the same oh, thing with the St. Louis yeah, he Blues. Does not now, mind. he didn't do anything this year. No, but, but he doesn't mind tweaking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he did, he did a lot early on and in the summer. Bob Ganey, Robert Ganey, uh, the Stanley Cup winning GM, 65 deals in nine seasons. Yeah. Now, much easier to make a trade back then with no salary cap to deal with than it than it is now, but if you go down, if you go down through, then uh, you know Nil has made 5.3 a year. Nui made five and a half a season, uh, less six a season. Uh, Ganey made 7.2 per season, and Army made 10 a year. Yeah, all you along know, the way. You know what's interesting about Bob is that he built that thing basically on trades, and then when it hit the stops, he just went to tearing it all apart again. But, I mean, the, the ads of Zuboff and Sador yeah. and Scroodland and Keene and True, I mean, Carboneau. But- and, like, he built it all up. And then I guess by adding some of those players, they got a little bit older. And then as soon as they hit that wall, it was, all right, let's go on to the next wave of whoever those guys they brought in were. Yeah, I, I remember with, with him. I know they had some pieces, too, from yes. being so crappy in Minnesota. Yeah. You know, you don't get first overall Mike Madonna without yeah. just – I go down Cratering. the list, yeah. Maffichuk, ninth overall. Maffichuk, Hatcher. Overall, yeah. I mean, they had, they had some pieces. Yeah. The, the thing that, that caught up, and he admitted it, was he stopped really knowing the players yes. in the league. So from a horse trader's standpoint, once you don't know really what the, makes the guy tick yep. or what he's all about, I would think it would be infinitely more difficult to start uh, – you know, either offloading or importing players like, like that. Now, this is way before analytics, <laughs> way before, where I don't even know how much that comes into it now as opposed to, well, yeah. here are the numbers. Here's a bubble chart. Here's a graph. And make your decisions off of that. But that's, you know, 10, 10 a year, the high watermark with Army. And uh, I guess, you know, it was all close. Uh, 5.3 a year with, with Jim, and he's made some staggeringly good 
deals in the summertime, yes. which for the most part, that's what this has turned into. I miss the blockbuster trade yes. at deadline where there's like eight players involved. It just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. You see this. You see a guy move for either uh, one other guy or you see him move for, for prospects or, or picks yeah, that, going That's forward. the most interesting part about all this. Is they didn't really – like the teams who got stuff didn't give up stuff. No, nobody gutted themselves. No, they just – Added, you gave up or lost a guy. Yeah. I remember those times when it was the sad, you know, oh my God, I can't believe those three guys are leaving. They were right. part of this thing for two years. Right. They, this team's going for the Stanley Cup and you're going to the Islanders. Yeah. I mean, the only one time. that even looks like that is, you know, you look and you're like, okay, Fiala might feel that way. Right. You know, he's been in that organization. He goes to Minnesota. Uh, maybe Claude Lemieux's boy feels that way. Yep. He's been part of things but he's in and out of the lineup he's not a significant guy back in the day it used to be guys like yeah with body for body second line but everybody added upper crust individuals yes and trying to fix things i remember remember detroit that one it was 99 wasn't it they added chelios yeah oh it was just just like there was no problem blown now the deadline was earlier though right i think so and february yeah but the GMs were had no problem just blowing things up yeah. with 35 games to go. Yeah. I remember when uh, when the uh, Red Wings added Chelios, nobody would comment. Like, oh, he's a good player. Was a, and then Craig Ludwig comes up and he goes, it's Chris Chelios. <laughs> Do you not get it? The Red Wings just added Chris Chelios. And, you know, they didn't ever have to play him. So Anyway, the uh, what do you think? More trades? Less trades? What do you want? I like you. I, I, you know, if you really do figure out things and then you've got 20 games to go, I don't mind tweaking, yeah. especially if you're giving up futures. And I'm probably stupid. I'm a stupid fan. But I just don't see the futures panning out with a high enough percentage to really worry about losing that It's a timing much. thing, though. Yeah. You know, you look at a guy like Shevel Dayoff with the Winnipeg Jets. For years, people were clamoring. you got to do more. you got to move. They have to sit there as GMs and time it. Yes. And, you, you know, if you do it too early, you, you ruin things that way. If you wait too long, maybe you ruin things that way. It's got to yeah. be a timing thing. Obviously, he feels like this is now. Yes. And they're going to move some things. Uh, Poyle in, in Nashville just does it all the time. Right. I mean, he is as aggressive. And they're a draft and develop organization. But he doesn't mind – well, I do. I wonder on the fly changes. And not again, just summertime. I, and, and I wonder if this is actually happening to other scouts. But once you know your prospect, even if it's only a year or two, I think you make a decision pretty quick. I agree. On, I couldn't on, agree more. You either get rid of him or you keep yep. him. Because if you keep him too long, yep. Then everybody, well, then everybody else knows. Right. And so if it's if it's a one year prospect and you look at him and go, eh. but the the argument to that, and this is as old as maybe this league is, is. And very intelligent managers have said this yeah. throughout the decades. The biggest mistakes you can make as a manager are giving up on top offensive youngsters too early. Yeah, It, it just is. And it's been proven through the years. It, it's hard. I don't think it's what it, what it was. I think there are more moving pieces nowadays and you can fix things a little differently and caps come into play. But... There's some there's some young guys depending I think a little bit on where they're born, but there are some young guys that that you you need a little bit of patience well, before you just I mean, go that doesn't work. There was one yesterday in Dylan Strome. You know, yeah, Arizona says eh, yeah. 
He's yeah. not that great. And he gets paired up with his old junior uh, teammate and yeah. boom, zing. And so those are the ones that do make a GM look bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, what else we got? Vegas, huh? Thanks to Tom Holy for uh, doing some number crunching on that. It's good work. Las Vegas. We're here again. It's not my kind of town. I, when I have downtime, I, I want to get away from everybody and everything. I like, I like quiet resorts. I was saying that to Spezza in the hallway. We both like, he likes to play cards, I don't. We were both like, I like to go to the mountains. I like to go to the lake. I want something serene. I don't, the, the problems I have here, this is a very sad city by day. I find it a very sad city in the daylight. The casinos, I walked through some this morning on my way to get some coffee. I felt like I needed a tetanus shot when I got back to the hotel. Desperate, dead-end-looking humankind, all shoving nickels into machines with these neon lights and throbbing music going. Just hoping for a change of luck. Oh, my God. It's a big, gaudy, faux sewer in a lot of ways and then late in the eve or early evening the lights start coming on fountain out front blasts and you're like well you know i get it i get it when the lighting's a little different yeah just a little gotta have the lighting a little different the people though don't seem to change i don't understand i don't understand that that elephant march of of whatever that is, deplorables it's, that uh, wander excitement. through here. It's hope. It's excitement. It's, uh, you know, it's entertainment. It's the American Pe- dream. People love It's the American dream. Yeah. Okay, you and I are sitting here on a patio, and I want to bring in the man who makes this happen, our merry millennial, Jeff Totes. And Totesy... You're a guy, the, the modern Vegas is basically made for you. It's your playground. Millennial playground, I, for I sure. I think it is. It's, it's Instagrammy. It's, uh, it's sleep in the day. Yeah. It's go after it at night, right? That's it. If you sleep all day, you avoid so, the daytime deplorables right. you're talking about. So we, I understand why <laughs> it works that way now. So you got in last night. This is wonderful. We're coming off a... An early game. It was a 2 o'clock game in Chicago. So I want to hear all about your night. Last night, we got in. The lights are bright. Fun. It's go. The, the light is green. Let, let me tell you, this weekend has been circled on my calendar since the schedule came out. Oh, With course. the 4 o'clock game in Dallas Saturday and the 2 o'clock game in Chicago yesterday. A day mean, off today. It means we had a Friday night in Dallas, Saturday night in Chicago, Sunday night in Vegas. Oh my With God. Monday off. I've been looking at that for weeks. Um, and that's what they mean when they Did talk you post about it. Did you put it on Instagram or anything? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. That's what that's what they mean when they talk about the grind of the regular season, right there. <laughs> Stretches like that. Uh, and I hate to say I kind of dropped the ball night three last night here in Vegas. I we got in around ten o'clock. I was asleep by ten thirty. <laughs> I hate to admit it. Asleep by ten thirty. Woke up to text from Vito and stuff telling me where they were, and I saw it at eight a.m. Did, I feel wonderful. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is, see, now you're, you're starting to understand our world. When everyone, I, you get in that elevator this morning to go get coffee, and everybody that got in there, their eyes were as red as the outline yeah. of that window over there. 
and they just looked like oh, I just want to I just want to get through a couple hours here and then I'm gonna go lay down again. Me, I was heading down to the gym. Yeah, I saw I you got a nice little workout in. Feel great. Got a lot of stuff today. I had to go and look at a lot of those people out there this afternoon, <laughs> but that wasn't very good. Daytime deplorables. Do you have to retire as a millennial then? No, I. I wish I didn't have to publicly state this because it is like embarrassing. It. Yeah, no, it's a big step for you. I'm, st- I think you're transitioning. I'm going to make up a cover story once I get back to Dallas, though, about how crazy last night well, was. You, you know, it's Vegas. You can just fake it. <laughs> right. That's what they do here. Photoshop a couple pictures yeah. and get my credibility back. I'm, impre- wow. I'm impressed by totes. And you I know, thought we are going to get this wild hangover for... <laughs> There's always tonight. Sweet involved. Well, it's night before a game. He's going to be in early. You know that. He's he's a professional. Oh my God! Isn't that impressive? Yes. And it's. Funny. I don't know whether it's impressive or we've ruined him. It's no, one no. or the other. It, <laughs> people talk about the millennials, and I I run across a lot that are just like Jeff Totes. Yeah, there are future. Responsible, hardworking guys who don't wear socks with dress shoes. They're perfectly normal people. But trust me, as soon as our season ends in April, May, June, are you I'll, coming back? I'll have a flight here in within the next couple of weeks. I did that last year for Will you go to night ten thirty again when you get in? <laughs> no, no. All right, ten thirty a.m. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. I think I've done that before. I think you have. <laughs> it was a long, long time ago. Okay, let's let's wrap up trade deadline. Uh, podcast this year now wrap it up with this one i'll give you one more shot at the jersey controversy i just want to finish it on that number 36 wore the dallas stars whites for one game unfortunately (laughs) ben lovejoy who we sort of skipped over and i feel bad about that but it you know it was kind of a big story when you have a guy come in and leave that immediately uh you you enjoyed the white jerseys at home more than most people, I think, in Star's world did. I don't care so much. I don't see the big deal about it. Like, I like the fact you change things up. Uh, I was looking, I was doing the research, and people were saying, well, why don't we go red and green? And I'm like, well, come on, they're not going to do that. So, of course, why wouldn't they? The Ducks wearing all black with the red jerseys on the other side. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Change it up, make yeah. it different, have fun. Darryl, it's supposed to be an entertainment business. Just like Vegas, we need some flash, we need some color charlatans <laughs> now when you do that win the game so that fans can't blame the loss on the color of the yeah, jersey there was, there was a lot of that <laughs> there was a lot but maybe maybe in some way they exercise that demon by wearing them at home right and being as absolutely craptastic as they were in that three nothing loss that once they went to chicago and wore them again they're clean now no, they're cleansed. <laughs> they're cleansed. Not clean. Cleansed. Exercise. So now, four, four game Sometimes road Sometimes you've got to take things in life and just hold them underwater just long enough that they respect you before you bring them back up for a breath of air. It's an interesting Which philosophy. reminds me of Vegas. I was going to say, I think that's happened a few yes. times here. We'll talk to you next week, everyone. <laughs>